All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hello, welcome to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. I hope everyone's having a very, very good afternoon, or evening, or morning, wherever you may be listening from. Today is a big day. The season is almost over. The uh, The playoffs are around the corner. In hockey, this is one of the most exciting exciting times of the year. Most of the matchups are set, but there is some still up in the air. Most of the seeds in the West, it's pretty much locked in. Colorado took that eighth seed. They're in. Arizona, Chicago, they took a big dump since our last podcast. They really, um, you know, decided it wasn't their time. Arizona, they're gone. Minnesota took a Took a big dump. So the, the the seeds are set in the West. In the East, there's a lot of stuff that could happen, Tim. Tim's here, by the way. Am I allowed to introduce myself this time? Yeah, go ahead, Tim. Where are you from? Where are you calling from? What's your name? <laughs> hey, John. First time, long time. It's uh, Tim from Boston. Just chiming in with some hockey takes. That's Thanks for coming in, Tim. I appreciate it. And then we got Lawrence. He raised the roof. Larry says hi. But yeah, in the East, I think that's where all the attention should be had right now. It's very interesting. Montreal, Columbus, and Carolina. They're all going for that 7-8 spot. Montreal's on the outside looking in right now. And who knows what's going to happen. I, I, like I said in the last podcast, I want Montreal to get in. I think they would be an exciting team. But I also want Columbus to get in. Selfishly, I hope Carolina kind of loses because... I just don't think they're as exciting as the other teams. They don't have that star power. Montreal is obviously a big market team. They they bring that kind of notoriety to the table. And Columbus made the big push at the deadline. But as it stands right now, Montreal has a very, very, very difficult road to get into the playoffs. They play the Capitals today, then they play the Leafs on Saturday. Like If you're trying to get into the playoffs and you need points – those are the last two teams, arguably, you'd want to play going into the playoffs. Hopefully, they they get some teams like hopefully Washington maybe sits sits out some guys because usually teams they'll they'll sit out players the second last game before the playoffs just to get them some rest and then they'll play the last game just to make sure they're not rusty. Maybe Ovi gets a rest, but he's still you know he wants to score goals. They probably won't though because they they'd rather play Montreal or maybe would they rather play Montreal? Do you think? 
Oh my gosh. If, if I was a, a team in the playoffs right now, I would much prefer to have Montreal in than Columbus. Maybe they do. Maybe they do sit some guys. I would teams. I, I hope that I've never been on a team that plays that way. That's angling. I, we're going to lose on purpose. So this team makes it in, but yeah, you know, coaches and GMs, they obviously talk about that. Would you rather have the Canadians in there with their young group of kids, you know, not really playoff tested over Columbus who has veteran guys who has picked up a bunch of star players who maybe they gel at the right time and they make a push. That's something people talk about, but you hope they don't really take it that far, but you never know. I would much prefer to have the Canadians in if I was a Tampa Bay lightning, my first round team, I'd take Montreal over Columbus any day of the week, but I, I, I hope Montreal makes it in Columbus. They play the Rangers and Ottawa if I was a team in the eighth seed and I had to pick two teams to play to get in, I would probably pick Ottawa and the Rangers. Those two teams have already mailed it in. Mind you, they have some AHL guys up who are playing for jobs next year. But that's a huge you know, factor when you're looking at who's going to make it in. If I'm going to play the Rangers or the Capitals, I'm taking the Rangers. Carolina plays the Devils, also another team who is, you know, Let's be honest. They're not they're not a great team at this point. And then the Flyers, who the 82nd game of the year, do you think Giroux and Voracek and Simmons? Where is Simmons? Where did he go? Uh, Nashville, I think. Yeah, do you think, anyways, minus Simmons, do you think those top guys are going to be trying their hardest the 82nd game of the year? No. So the advantage has to go to the Hurricanes and Blue Jackets. Who knows? Hey, they have to play the game. They got to drop the puck. Stranger things have happened. We'll, we'll see this time next week what happens, but I think the standings are pretty much going to be locked in the way they are. I hope Montreal gets in. I hope, I hope it would be nice to see them in there. I hope Carolina doesn't make it just because I don't know anybody on their team really, except for stall. And other than that, I don't know. They're not really that exciting to watch. They play a very, very bland style of hockey where they kind of bore you to death, like the old New Jersey devils. So we'll see anyways. And then me and Tim were, you know, spitballing ideas. What should we talk about? And this thing I always came back to was a new playoff format. Tim told me they just re-upped it. They're going to bring it again next year for some strange reason, even though the players despise it, the fans seem to, to not like it. And the only reasoning the league gives is for matchups for the first round. They want to make it compelling. They want to make it competitive they want the fans to be engaged in the first round because in previous years, the first round has been 4-1, Boom, first round's over. Nothing really happening. It's not exciting. But I got to thinking, when those games would happen, the parody in the league wasn't like it is now. Arguably, you can take any team out of each division, the top eight teams, and you can make a pretty valid argument for that team making the Stanley Cup. In the West right now, Colorado's the number eight seed. Do you really see them as that much of an underdog to Calgary? I, I don't. No. I just feel like, and what, what an exciting first-round matchup. What a rivalry they have, right? Winnipeg-Dallas, what history they have. Like, the battles that they've had. Nashville-St. Louis, ugh! The goosebumps, if you guys could see me right now, I have goosebumps because of just the history that those teams have and the battles and the blood they've shed. It's like, no, 
I don't think so. The players don't like it. I, I think this this rule penalizes more than it helps the league. I remember last year, the, the year before, you had Pittsburgh and Columbus playing in the first round, and they were the second and third best teams in the whole entire league. The whole entire NHL, 30 teams at that time. You had the second and third best team playing in the first round. Like, if what do you play for? That's a broken system. What do you play for? So, yeah, Stamkos has actually been spoken out about this a couple weeks ago. In Who's that? Stamkos. What's his first name? Steven. Okay, okay, okay. Steven Stamkos. Yeah, okay. Uh, but he said, he's talking about, like, the Bruins and how they're going to be the second best team in the East, and their reward for that is playing the, the Maple Leafs. The playing third the third best team, best team in the league. Right? Like, exactly. What do you play for? It's you know? so bizarre. And I get they have a great rivalry. I get it. But if I'm the NHL and I'm looking at this, and I'm strictly the NHL, I'm the owners, I'm looking at the bottom line money, dollars and cents. How am I going to generate the most money from this playoff system? The NHL doesn't care who's in the in the playoffs as long as they make money. So if I'm Gary Bettman, I'm sitting there, I got my calculator out, I'm nerding out. I'm like, okay, who's my first round matchups? Tampa Bay, Carolina. No one's going to watch it. Two Southern teams, no one's interested. Boston, Toronto. Ching, ching, ching. That's awesome. But guess what? Those are arguably your two biggest markets in the East, and you're losing one of them right out of the gate. As a player, that stinks. There goes my HRR. The players make a ton of money off the playoffs because that just jacks up our percentage. It makes our escrow go down. We're losing Toronto right out of the gate. Toronto is a cash cow to the league. They generate by far the most money for the league. So if I'm Batman, it's a great, you know, it's a great story first round, but I'm losing either the Bruins or the Leafs in the first round. What's the point? Just because you get a decent first round matchup, Washington Columbus, decent matchup. I get it. Islanders Pittsburgh, they had that one cool brawl 3 4 years ago. Remember that when the goalies fought? Oh. Johnson beat up that was it DiPietro or somebody it was like a big big line bro Clark Gillies was in it and it was to the Islanders just like clean the pangs clock that's really the only history they have but it just got me I, I did a little research like okay so if we went back to the the old way of seeding teams you know top eight one through eight highest point total that's your seed Tampa would be first Boston Washington Toronto Islanders Pittsburgh Carolina Columbus first round matchup Tampa Columbus Pretty interesting. Uh, if I was Tampa, I'd be upset, but it would be an interesting matchup because Columbus, they loaded up. Tampa would have a little bit of an issue the first round. Well, that's a real strong team for an eighth seed. Exactly, but, but they, they're the eighth seed. Right. That's who you should get. Arguably Tampa. It wouldn't be a very exciting series from like a monetary standpoint. I don't think you'd make money, but it'd be a heck of a lot better than Tampa Bay, Carolina. The second seed, Boston, would play Carolina. Everyone's going to watch the Bruins, right? regardless of who they play, they would probably clean house four straight, but you would watch your Bruins fan. I would sure watch. Would. I'm not a big Bruins fan, but they're a fun team to watch. The third series would be Toronto versus the Islanders. Now, how exciting would that be? That would be off the charts. I think. Tavares going back to the Islanders. Welcome back. It would be unbelievable chance for either a revenge by Tavares, like, Sticked out where the sun don't shine, or a little like revenge from the Islanders fans. We don't need you. We're doing just fine with Barzell. It'd be a great series, first round matchup. And then, oh, 
to top it all off, the next series would be Pittsburgh Washington. The league should be drooling over that. To the biggest matchup there is, Crosby Ovechkin. Like, give me a break. So it's not going to happen. But I just think we should go back to the previous way. The players want it. The fans want it. I just don't get why the league. They're very stubborn. I get it. And Batman, that's he. That is his one fault. He has a lot of faults. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's a very stubborn person where once he sets something in motion, once he makes a decision, he doesn't want to admit that he was wrong. He did it with the instigator rule. Terrible, terrible rule. Changed the game, in my opinion, for the worse. He did it with the teams he put in certain cities around the country. He put a team in Carolina. He put a team in Arizona. I think those were big mistakes for the league. He should have looked elsewhere. And now he's doing it again with the playoff system. I think he made a big mistake trying to drum up interest in the first round where you didn't really need to. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I hope they change it. They probably won't because he's a very stubborn, stubborn man. And that's just, you know, we're just going to have to suck it up and live with it. But it is sad when two of the best teams in the league are going to, one of them's going to be out. It, it's, it stinks for the end game of the NHL because I would love to see a Boston-Toronto second-round matchup, you know, going for the Eastern Conference Finals. It just stinks. One of those teams, they're gone in the first round. In the first round. Like, it's just, I get so emotional thinking about it. Well, everyone kind of loses, right? Because the league loses, like you just said, the revenue opportunities that come with carrying those franchises through a couple rounds, those those markets. Um, Those teams are going to beat each other up, right? I mean, it's cool. It's It's a cool round, but like you said, we don't want to see this in the first round. Right, yeah. The matchup we want to see. Yeah. You know, week one, the players hate it. Boston. I mean, as a Boston fan, like I feel like I'm, I'm, kind of cheated out of that by playing half in the face. Uh, uh, Toronto in the first round. Tim's nervous. He doesn't talk this much usually. He's getting real excited and he's nervous. It's cute. Well, it's very cute. Right, but no, yeah. I agree. It's just it's too bad. And obviously, I think Boston will win just because they they got a pretty good team this year. And it just sucks Toronto. Like, I would love to see them, you know, get around under their belt, get the young kids that taste of winning a, a playoff round. Then who knows what happens, you know? They could beat Boston the next round and then make a run. That'd be great for the league. Toronto in the Stanley Cup Finals, are you kidding me? That'd be unbelievable. Well, I mean, how good is it for the future of the league to get, like, Matthews and Monner and those guys' playoff experience? Uh, like, get them winning a round or two, and then, you know, two or three years, and they're, they're going to be a serious cup contender if they're not already now. I'm getting really emotional. I need a break. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> let's take a break. I'll be back, you guys. Let's uh, We'll roll an ad right now. Do you like shirts? Do you wear clothes? Do you like drinking coffee do you like hats then i got something for you do you like me do you like my face do you like my voice i think i think all the answers to that are yes go to johnscottallstar.com click on the store icon and treat yourself buy some shirts buy some sweaters Buy a mug. And if you want to get crazy, buy yourself a toque. Buy yourself a, a flex fit hat or a trucker hat. Half of the proceeds go to me. So, 
There you go. A new promo for John Scott Swag at johnscottallstar.com. You buy one, get the second for 25% off. Are you kidding me? We're allowed to do that? 25% off? Okay. We're doing it. I'm giving this stuff away. Buy one, get one, 25% off. Do it. johnscottallstar.com. Okay, we're back. Okay, I I'm, I apologize. I apologize for getting so emotional. I get worked up in the playoff system. Never seen you like that, John. I just am invested in a way I didn't know was possible. I am upset. I've regrouped. I've moved on. I've accepted it. And I'm past it. Well, you know, I'm okay. So you've only been out of the league for a couple of years. Is it hard to watch right now, missing the playoffs? It's... um. No, no, you know, not for me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I've, I've been on both sides of the fence going into the playoffs, being like completely out of the playoffs and like let's gear up for the playoffs and we need to win to get into the playoffs. I've, I've been on each of those teams. And it's funny, me and Tim were talking earlier and he was – Tim never played hockey. He's He thinks he did. He played – would you play Boston Rec or something? Something like that. So he thinks he knows a little bit, and he, but he asks me questions. It's cute. He's like, "So what's it like if you're a team that's already eliminated and you're out of the you're out of the race? What are the guys doing in the locker room? What what do you what do you do?" And that was actually out of all the questions Tim asked, that was an interesting one. So Tim, I think as a play, like I was on the Sabers when we were not good. Like we were out of the playoff race by October. Like we, I remember that year we were, it was a tank and it was a complete tank job and we traded away every good player we had the year before and we had like a young, young team and we were bad. I think we set the league record for the least amount of goals scored. Maybe we didn't, but we were like in the running for it. We were just a bad, bad, bad team. I enjoyed it because I played a lot and I got a lot of ice time under the coach, but we were not a very good team and so yeah, by the time you get to February, March, it's really tough to come to the rink. You pretty much know going to the rink that this is going to be an L. You're going to lose. What is there to play for? And that's where you need different reasons to play. And it was nice having young guys because they they're playing for jobs. At that time, I was already kind of established. I... I had made my mark on the league. I knew I was going to be fine. I was going to sign somewhere most likely. But, man, coming in on a Wednesday night when you're playing a Pittsburgh or a Boston and you know you're going to get smoked, it's not fun at all, especially when you have three, four games left. And it's like, man, guys have already thought about their exit strategy. They, they've they made plans. Guys go on vacations at the end of the year. They've made you know, they got their moving trucks coming to the house on Thursday. The season ends on Tuesday. Like, they're they're getting out of Dodge as fast as they can. I remember after the last game, we would try to plan a year-end party because during the year you would have fines. You would do um, kangaroo court. You would put money on the board. If people don't know that, you put you put money on the board every game. If you win, you keep that money. If you lose, you don't have to pay it, but... Like you would accrue thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars throughout the year. The players would put into this kitty, 
And at the end of the year, you would use that money to either buy a gift for a trainer or do something. But most of the time, that money would go to a year-end party. And so the year would be ending and you would try to plan a party. And it was easy if you were on a good team, you'd go to the playoffs. You know, everybody would be happy to have the party after the playoffs. If you were on a team like the Sabres, no one wanted to stay. Literally, the game ended at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Guys wanted to go home at 11 o'clock. Like, they wanted to leave Buffalo so fast, it was not even funny. So to plan that last party, we're like, well, where do we go? When do we do it? Some guys wanted to, you know, wait two days and have the party. That's the standard thing to do. You have your meetings the next day. You pack up your locker. You know, you you do it the right way. You, You stick around town for a week afterwards. But in those situations, guys... They just want to go home. We, I think we had that team party the night of our last game where we went to like some bar in town. We had a couple drinks. We had dinner. No one was in a good mood. No one wanted to like go out and get ripped or like celebrate. It was just like almost a relief. The season was over. We're not going to be losing anymore. That it's, it's, it wears on you so much to know like, okay, why are we even doing this? Like we're going to lose again. There's nothing to play for. As a player, you want to be in that race. You want to be in that hunt. And it just wasn't fun. So, yeah, if you're in that situation, it's just like, let's get this over with. I don't even, like, you don't even care if you lose, honestly, because you've done it so much. It's like, let's go. You try your hardest. Don't get me wrong. I I tried my tail off every single game. But you're just not invested like you would be if you were in the hunt, if you were in the playoffs. I remember when I was with Chicago or the Rangers – we knew we were going to the playoffs, and it was great. You're gearing up for the playoffs. Everyone's excited. You're getting your, you know, your playoff gear. You you get new gloves and pants, and your, you know, all the new playoff stuff. And everybody just there's a different vibe. Everyone's excited. Who who are we gonna play in the first round? Oh, we're, we're playing Vancouver. Oh, we're playing Washington. I remember when I was with the Rangers, it was like we played Ottawa, Washington, then the Devils. And it was cool to like. You do the scouting. You do the the backstory. What's our strategy? How are we going to play this? How are we going to play Ovechkin on the power play? What are we going to do with this line? And I wasn't even playing. I was just like an extra guy, but it was so exciting to be around it. I actually got to play when I was in Chicago, which is cool. Being in the meetings, like how are we going to, you know, take out the Sedins? That was their only line. Take out Burles and the Sedins, and we're going to win this series. And if it wasn't for Chris Campoli clearing it in overtime off the glass to Burroughs and them scoring in overtime. We would have beat uh, Vancouver and we probably would have won the cup. But anyways, you know, that's behind me. So it's just fun. I think this time of year is so exciting. The guys are gearing up for the playoffs. It's the best time of year. You, you play 82 games for the playoffs. Everything goes out the window. It doesn't matter your record. It doesn't matter if you're a 100-point score or a three-point score. I remember I played with Fernando Pisani. And who could forget his amazing run when the Oilers went all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals? You're probably too young for this, but Pisani scored something silly, like 14 or 15 goals. Six of the seven of them are game winners. Like He pretty much carried his team throughout the playoffs. And in this actual season, I think he scored like five goals. He just came alive in the playoffs. And it's so funny. It, it can be anybody. It can be really anybody who can take over a series and just thrive in the play. Like last year, Tom Wilson was unbelievable. Well, that's what hockey has going for that for the other sports don't, right? Like any team can beat any team in a seven-game series. You have that disparity. It's pretty cool. Yeah, football, it's one game, so really anybody can win that game, but you can pretty much predict who's going to win in football. Basketball, it's not even fun right now. Just the Golden State Warriors are going to be in the finals. Does, the WWE. They, what's the WWE? The wrestling. 
Just like it's like predetermined, basically. What? That's Tim? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's it's NBA is comical now. We know who's going to come out of the West, the East. I hope the Raptors do. I'm a big Raptors fan. The Celtics have struggled this year. You are you a basketball guy? A little bit. They'll be there in the end. I used to hate much basketball, but I love it now. I have so, I think it's so interesting. I love well. I, I'm a Raptors guy just because I'm a Toronto area guy, but I just think it's so fascinating. I just think it's fun. It's it's more enjoyable to watch a basketball game in person than a football game. On TV, football's the best, but yeah, I just think basketball's fun. I know I'm into it now. All right, enough playoff talk. It gets exhausting, honestly. Some other NHL news. All the 100 points we're getting this year, Tim. It's pretty cool to see. It's nice. Kucherov, MVP. Yes, yes, no. Is he going to win it? Yeah, for sure. You, for sure. Yeah. Okay, I agree. McDavid, Dry, Dry Steidel. Dry Steidel, yeah. Kaner, Marchand, first time getting 100 points. You must be happy about that. I am. He's fun to watch. If he would just stick to playing his game, he could get 125. But he does play his game now. But if he would just cut all the extracurricular, maybe that what that makes him effective. But I think if he really did focus on just playing instead of like licking people and you know trying to be a pest at the same, maybe that's why he he, he plays so well. It gets him fired up. But anyways, I love all the hundred point players. When I was playing in a league, it was very rare if someone got to hundred points. Maybe one guy, maybe two guys. It's nice to see the points starting to come back to the game. The skill guys getting some production. But it's interesting. There's five guys who got 100 points. Two of them from the Oilers. If I was a non-hockey guy, just stepping in and looking at the stats, and I saw, oh my goodness, McDavid, Dreinsidel, 115 points, 102 points. That team, they might win the Stanley Cup, right? <laughs> Best team in the league, probably. But they probably are, are have two of the top five players in the league. They must be a powerhouse. They must be a top two, three, four seed, right? No, they're gar- they're they're a lottery pick. How does that happen? It's just sad. I feel sad for these guys. Why? What's the problem? Problem. I'll tell you the problem. Do it. Edmonton Oilers hire too many ex-Edmonton Oilers. They had their heyday. They won how many cups? Four or five in a, in a span of seven or eight years. The glory years in Edmonton. Messier, Gretzky, Coffey, Glenn Anderson, S.A. Tikkanen. Um, who was their goalie? Garth. What's his name? Grant Fuhr. I think they hire too many ex-players who don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to build a team. They're fantastic hockey players. But you can't just take a Wayne Gretzky or a Craig McTavish or who's their CEO, their president, Nichols, or whatever his name is. You can't take those guys and just say, here's the keys. Go ahead. It does not work. It hasn't worked for them for 10 years. And they just keep recycling the same people over and over and over. And they have Kevin Lowe in there. They had all their ex-players. And they thought they were going to just do a Edmonton Oilers 2.0. 1980s glory years to 2000 whatever you call it years. It is not working. And I don't know why... 
the owner doesn't just figure it out. Well, you look at like how many first round picks they had, how many lottery picks they had in a short stretch. I think it's like three out of five years they have a first overall pick. They went Hall. They had Yakupov. They had Eberly. Nugent Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins. McDavid. Dreinsteidel. They had so many. Um, Darnell Nurse. Nurse. They've had so many high, high, high picks for the last 10 years. And the thing is, most of them they hit on. Like, these good players, other than Yakupov, who's just garbage. He was a, a big swing and a miss. But other than that, they're good players. You need more than a first line to win these days. It does. It takes more than that. You need more than high draft picks. You need to hit on your third, your fourth, your fifth round guys. You need good free agent signings. You can't throw a ton of money at Milan Lucic. Love the guy. Love the way he plays. You can't pay him $7 million. Bad contract. Bad contract. I think he scored, what, six goals this year? Something stupid like that. My brother texted me the other night, and he said, Lucic just scored six I think you could score six if you were at Edmonton. You should be making $7 million. Mind you, I think he was he had a few too many sodas, so he wasn't thinking clearly. I said, Jamie, he did score 30 at Edmonton, but I get where you're coming from. It's frustrating to watch that kind of contract just skate around and not produce. Like they To fix Edmonton, you need to tear it down from the top. Get rid of everybody. Clean like clean house. Start new. It's it's so frustrating to watch. Like because, man, if I was McDavid or Dreinst, is it Dreinstidel? Dreinstidel, yeah. Dreinstidel. I would be so ups. And McDavid actually has alluded to this in the last few weeks. You can tell he's frustrated. He is sick and tired of having to carry this team. I think him, Dreinstidel, and what's it, Cassian. Yeah. They've scored 80% of their goals in the last like month and a half. Isn't that crazy? My my one my buddy Toby Ryder, I play with him in Arizona. He hasn't scored a goal all year. If I were to not score a goal all year, people would be calling for me to be get rid of him. He's a bum. I literally would play 5 minutes a game and people would be trash talking me because I never scored a goal. And this guy has played on the top two lines all year and has not scored a goal. The CEO or the president went out and like kind of blamed the year on him. Terrible move by him. But I get where he's coming from. If you're bringing this guy to put points up and he doesn't score all year, he's played 80 games, he's been playing with the top guys all year long, you're giving him 10 minutes a game, you got to produce. It's just he went about it the wrong way. I get it. Toby's a good kid. He's a good player. He just had a rough year. You know what I mean? It, it is what it is, but you need to produce. He should not have been allowed to play 65 games without scoring a goal. You do not let a player who's a second, third-line guy play 65 games without scoring a goal. Think about like the younger guys in the team or maybe the guys in the AHL is looking up being like, why aren't I getting a What's shot? the point? Right. What? There's no accountability. What is going on? I don't understand if I'm in the AHL. Like, what? This kid still gets playing time. He's minus eight. He's got 11 assists. And you're playing with Nugent Hopkins. You're playing with Connor McDavid. You're playing with Dreinsteidel. Like, you're playing with talent. You should score a point every other game. Hands down. At it's least, it's yeah. not hard. I don't know. Ottawa 
and Edmonton, I feel like, are the two teams. And it's sad because they're good Canadian teams. They have no idea where their team is heading. None whatsoever. There's, There's no, no direction. direction. There's no leadership. It's got to start from the top. It starts from the top. It starts from the top. It starts from ownership. And that's that's all there is to it. The owner needs to do something. If, if it doesn't work, if it's not working, what's the definition of insanity? Repeating the same things when you know the outcome. They've been doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Oh, this X player is not working? Let's bring in coffee. Oh, that didn't work? Let's bring in McTavish. Oh, that didn't work? Now I've seen Gretzky at the games. Let's bring in Wayne. Wayne's a lovely human. He was the best player ever to step foot on the earth. Doesn't make him a good GM. Doesn't make him qualified to run a team. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm stinking Albert Einstein or I know what I'm talking about. But if I'm a fan, which I am now, I don't get it. I don't get it whatsoever. It doesn't make sense to me. It's too bad because people deserve to see uh, McDavid and those guys in the playoffs, right? It's exciting. He's dynamic, of course. He's so exciting. Yeah. It would be great to see number 97 flying up and down the wing. But it's not going to happen for the near future. Not next year. Not the year after. We were just looking at their lineup. Who? Who? I was trying to, like, who is, who? What? 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 What's, like, who? There's, like, four names on that team. That's it. It's sad. I'm, I try not to get emotional. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm emotional. It's an emotional day for me. I was born in Edmonton. I have a, a tie to that city. They need to get their stuff together. Another big story that I saw come across the ticker. Drew Doughty has been in a salty mood lately. Salty. What is going on? He obviously is not happy with the Kings, but he's lashing out. He talking trash about Kachuk. Calling him a weasel. No one likes him. That was a little bit salty. Then then this week goes after Brent Burns. Like a shot across the bow. Doesn't even like hesitate to throw him under the bus. Gets gets asked uh, a question about the Norris trophy. Who do you think is going to win Norris, Drew? You've won it. You're a great defenseman. What do you think this year? And then he just goes straight sewer ball and throws Burns to the Wolves. Says Burns, he gets beat three times a game. I don't get it. And he's up for the Norris every year. Like What's going on? He gets beat three times a game and everybody has him up for the Norris. Whoa. And then he talks about how good uh, Dan, or, uh, Giordano. Giordano is. Which I get it. Giordano is a great player. So is Burnsy. But do you need to like really... I get their rivals, but I've I've been in the same room with those two guys. They're friends. Like whenever we hung out together, they they were very friendly with each other. They've been on international teams together. They've been on all star teams together. I don't want to keep bringing up the all star game, but both those guys were on my all star team when we won the championship in 2016. I was the MVP. No, but whatever, whatever. I don't want to get into it. But they were buddies. It's so st- I don't know. Doughty must have a bee in his bonnet. He must just. He's frustrated. I mean, the, the Kings are at the bottom. They're in the basement right now. They are and, in and the basement. something that he doesn't really know. Like they've had nothing but success in his time there. It that's says a man. lot about a man when he goes through a little adversity. And instead of taking responsibility and taking ownership of your situation, you lash out on those around you. And I feel like if you have nothing nice to say, 
you just don't say anything at all. I don't like it, especially when it's about my guy, Bernsey. I don't like it, Drew. Snap it up. Be better. And then I think a final story, heartwarming story, about another good buddy of mine, Craig Cunningham. I think a lot of you might have heard his story. He he had a infection due to an, a circulatory problem. He passed out. He fainted at the start of a game when he was playing for the San Diego Gulls. And he went to the hospital. There was complications. He actually had the heart attack when he was on the ice. That's what it was. Yeah. And then he went to the hospital and there was complications. There was an infection, this and that. And they had to amputate his leg, which is insane. I think it was his right or well, right or left leg, one of the two. And they had to amputate his leg. And he just posted a video of him skating. And it was so cool to, to look at him buzz around the ice. He's got this rod kind of attachment. And I think he, they, they amputated his leg above the knee. He's got the the attachment that holds on to his thigh. And he's buzzing around the rink. Like, better crossovers than I am. I mean, how much heart does that guy have, right? He to overcome that kind of stuff. love that kid. Honestly, I love him. And the video of him buzzing around the ice, you can check it out. I just retweeted it on my Twitter. It's so cool. He's doing crossovers. He's going backwards. He's going forwards. I'm a little alarmed he doesn't have a helmet on because I can't imagine he's that comfortable with the skate. But, man, so cool. He's a cool dude. I'm going to try to get him on the podcast. I'd love to have a chat with him. He's a good dude. Good story. Check it out. You know, terrible, terrible thing that's happened to him. But he's obviously made the best of it. And he looks like he's going to come out on top. So I love that kid. Good story. Check it out. Craig Cunningham. Check it out on my Twitter. Just posted the video. It's an awesome story. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. It'll be interesting next week to see how the whole playoff chase kind of comes to fruition. And we'll uh, we'll chat more next week. Have a, have a good week, everybody. The bees are buzzing. <laughs>